Praise the Lord. Why don't we just give God some glory? God, I worship you and I praise you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. God is in the building, church. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I don't know if you feel what I feel, but it feels really good. I praise you, God, and I magnify you, Jesus. I glorify you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody linger for just a second. Somebody give him the praise he's worthy of. Somebody give him the honor that is due to his most holy name. Oh, hallelujah. For just a moment, God, I worship you. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Oh, you've been good to me, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. I am thankful for what I feel in the house of the Lord. Amen. And I agree. I am happy to be in an air-conditioned building. Amen. I don't know if it was today or if it was just sometime this week. I uh, clicked on a website. It said that in Death Valley, uh, they reached 132 degrees. So people were going by and they were taking their picture with it. And some older guy at the end, he said, yeah, it just feels like my skin is burning. And he felt like it was burning off apparently. And Amen. I'm thankful that it's not 132 degrees in here, but it feels good, and we can still feel the fire of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. I know it's a Tuesday night, but it sure feels good in the house of the Lord. It sure feels good to be with the people of God, to be with the family of God. Amen. Amen. I give glory and honor to Jesus Christ. I am thankful He has been faithful. Amen. He is a faithful God. He is a loving God. And He is here in the house tonight. I give honor to my pastor and to my bishop. I just happen to think that we are blessed with the best leadership on the face of planet Earth. Amen. They are good men. And their families are good people. Amen. And uh, I know it's already been said, but if you are a guest here tonight, it is an absolute pleasure to have you. And uh, if you don't like the preaching, I'm not the pastor, so just come back Sunday morning. It will be much, much better. Amen. But I still feel like God has a word for us tonight. Uh, found in Matthew chapter 5 is where we will be reading. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 13. Matthew chapter 5, the first 12 verses are the Beatitudes. It's where Jesus is saying, blessed are the poor, blessed are they that mourn, blessed are the meek. And he has gathered his disciples around him and he tells them, blessed, blessed, blessed. And then he has a little teaching, four verses long. And my Bible denotes that section by saying he is teaching about salt and light. And it says in verse 13, ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing. Somebody say nothing. But to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. 
And he ends this section by saying in verse 16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Amen. We have a light. And that's what I want to talk about for a few moments here tonight. The light. The light. If you would help me pray. God, I pray that you would touch the rest of this service. God, we have felt you, God, in the singing. We have felt you when we praised and when we worshiped you. I pray that you would be all throughout the rest of this service. That your anointing, God, and that your power, God, would be here. That you would anoint these humble lips of clay, God, and use us. God, let us feel your presence and your power in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated. The light. The light. Lights are a very important part of our lives. Uh, just for the sake of example here tonight, if we were to focus strictly on the commercial application, uh, lights are not just important, but they are critical. On a building, lights can be used in a myriad of ways, uh, whatever the business may need, but uh, as you'll see, I'm kind of going for a different theme. Lights can be used on a building in an attempt to discourage those who will want to break in or to do harm under the cover of night. Lights are especially grave in locations like shipping ports and airports and lighthouses where the stakes are much, much higher. So that if the lights were to go out and if there was an absence of light, catastrophe would happen as ships would crash and airplanes uh, would crash as well and they might crash into the water, they might crash into a dock or whatever the case may be, it would spell catastrophe. But we understand as we uh, read this passage here tonight that the way that Jesus is speaking here is that there are lights that are far more important than the lights of this world. Jesus said that ye are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. How is it that the light that is within us is far more important than the lights of this world. I will tell you how. It is because we have been chosen as ambassadors to guide souls to salvation. Ephesians said in 1 and 4, He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. I wonder if anybody can remember and I wonder if anybody can testify that there were some mighty dark days in your life and you were so very thankful and you were so very grateful that somewhere along the way and somewhere along the path of life that somebody was willing to be a light and somebody was willing to say that you don't have to live that life anymore but there is a greater life that you can live and there are blessings, hallelujah, when you live for God. Amen, that you don't have to live by the dictates of this world. Amen, church, we cannot give salvation. I, I drive a, a T-Rocket bus and there's instances where I know more about the family situation than I do in other situations. And I, I wish for just a moment, I wish I could give salvation. And I wish I could pour out peace the way that God does. And I wish I could bring a restoration because these situations seem uh, so out of sorts and they seem so hopeless. But we cannot do that. 
But we do have an important duty, and that is to point those uh, that are suffering and those that are in those situations and point them to a God that does have the ability to save them and that does have the ability to work in their life and that does have the ability to bring peace and to bring grace. Oh, hallelujah. I don't have all the answers to the storms of life. Oh, but I can point them to the one that does. And Jesus is his name. Hallelujah. In a world that is so dark and that is so depressing, God put his light in you so that you can be his hands and his feet. Oh, hallelujah. That you can reach out and you can share the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. The world that we live in. And the lives that we interact with need us to be the person and need us to be the people of light. Amen. We need to be a church. I know that there's social pressures. And I understand that there are are things that are going on. There's agendas that are going on in this world. But we still believe that there's only one way to make it to heaven. Amen. That you st- we still believe in old-fashioned repentance, and we still believe in the infilling of the Holy Ghost, and we still believe that water baptism in Jesus' name has the ability to wash away every single sin. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. We still have to be apostolic to the core. We still have to believe in death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We still have to believe that it applies today. That it wasn't something that just happened 2,000 years ago. But the Holy Ghost is for today. Oh, hallelujah. I wonder if anybody can testify and can say that same gospel changed my life. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, Brother Brian. Oh, God did a mighty work in my life so I can jump for joy and I can shout about it. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. Before we could ever be the light of the world, though, we needed to be shown. We needed to be exposed to the light. What is the light? The light is God. 1 John 1, 5 says, This then is the message which which we have heard of him and declare unto you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. In John 8 and 12, then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. John 9 and 5, Jesus is speaking and he says, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. But then there is a transition and Jesus ascends back and In Ephesians 5 and 8, it says, For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the world. Walk as children of light. We need the light. In Genesis 1 and 4, when when God is creating, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, it was there in verse 4 of chapter 1 that God specifically uh, describes and characterizes light as good. And this light was not the sun. The sun was created on the fourth day, but God... uh, described light itself as good. I've come to tell somebody tonight that the light is good. Amen. That living for God is still the best thing in the world. Amen. I said living for God is still the best thing in the world. Amen. You get a family. You get blessings. You get peace. You get grace. Oh, it's a laundry list of all the blessings of God. When you come into the light and when you come into the family, it is a wonderful thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Amen, amen. If you were to look at the pros and the cons of light, the pros majorly outweigh the cons. But there's one short-term thing about light that kind of makes us feel uncomfortable. And you can't get around it. It makes everyone uneasy and a little apprehensive. And that is that light exposes some things. Light will expose some things within our lives. It is just a natural thing that light will reveal things. And it's as you get closer to the light that it will reveal more. It's not really a bad thing. It's, I labeled it, if you will, a short-term disadvantage, but there's a long-term gain. Light reveals things about us many times just to our own selves that we don't want anybody else in the world to know. But with that light will come knowledge and understanding. Where things were dark before, I now can see where I'm at. I can understand what I'm dealing with. Don't run away from the light. Don't run away from God, but run to God. Amen. Run towards the light tonight. When you're walking in the light, you begin to see things clear. Before you couldn't tell what you're facing, but now you have an idea. Maybe it's fear, or maybe it's doubt or unbelief, maybe it's sin. There's things in our lives that we come into contact with. And when you're in the darkness, you can't really make sense of it. But when there is light, you can see what you're dealing with. This is why great men... Men like Paul wrote in Romans 3, 23 and 24, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Before Paul was Paul, he was a Jew of Jews. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was, he was zealous, is how he describes himself. He was very confident in his religious position. But when the light came, it exposed some things to Paul. It exposed some things that all the laws that he was very careful to abide by were not able to penetrate into his life because this is what light does. This process can be very uncomfortable. Feels like the closer that I get to God, the more inconsistencies I notice. The closer I get to the light, the bigger my flaws are. The closer I get to the light, the greater my failures become. But that's not just the case. The case is that we, we actually just start to see it more. <laughs> it didn't get bigger. We're just able to see it more because there is light in our lives. You know something? Okay, I wasn't sure if I was going to do this. This is a very simple analogy. So I want everybody to close your eyes. No peeking, no cheating. I'll call you out. I'm not afraid. I got the mic. Hallelujah. Okay. My eyes are closed too. Okay, I just want you to raise your hand. I just got one question. If you got a problem, just any problem, I just, just raise your hand. Keep it raised. Don't be ashamed. Okay, now open your eyes and keep them up. Okay, look to your left. Yeah, they got problems. Look to your right. Yeah, they got problems. Everybody has problems. And light reveals those things. And it's uncomfortable, and sometimes we forget that everybody in the room, everybody in the building has problems. And we hide it really well, and, but we all have difficulties. You may not be facing them right now, but, if, but you will if you haven't. 
Amen. We all have some internal flaws that need somebody greater than us to work on. We need, we need a God that is willing to come in and to touch our situation. I'm encouraging somebody tonight. I know it might seem daunting, and I know it might seem embarrassing, but if you just step into the light, it's going to be a much better life than what you're living currently. Oh, hallelujah. God did not call you to live in brokenness. God did not call you to live in hopelessness with all of your coping situations, but he has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody give him praise. Oh, I worship you, I worship you. Thank you, Jesus, for not leaving me in the darkness. Amen, amen. Thank you for participating. Amen. Light is very essential in our spiritual walk. And one of the ways in life, if you want to find out how valuable something is to you, one of the most, or one of the things that you can do is you take it away, and you see how much you miss it. You see what the side effects are. You see how it affects you. And so Psalm 119, 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. But what happens when there is no light? What happens when there is an absence of light? As the musicians come, Brother Phil's asked me if I had a Brother Hopkins message. I certainly have a Brother Hopkins message. All of my messages are like Brother Hopkins' messages. In the absence of light, you know what happens? You get sad. Somebody say sad. Sad is an acronym, and this is something that I found. Sad stands for seasonal affective disorder. And seasonal affective disorder happens in places that you don't get uh, very much sun uh, in certain times of the year. It happens in uh, a really easy example would be Alaska. Uh, but also places like Washington, and it's constantly, it feels like it never uh, is going to stop raining. And it's in the absence of light that you get sad. And symptoms include fatigue, depression, hopelessness, and social withdrawal, mood swings, anxiety, and sometimes even suicidal thoughts. A lack of natural light can make one struggle with their normal sleep-wake cycle. A downward spiral can begin as not as much sleep leads to the fatigue and to exhaustion. You will not learn or perform as well. They say children who spend more time inside than they should are more likely uh, to be nearsighted because of a lack of natural light for the development of their eyes. A lack of vitamin D can have negative effects on how your body regulates your metabolism. I thought this was interesting though. It says that the treatment for this seasonal affected disorder, for this sad, disease, if you will, is light therapy. It's getting out in the sun. When you get natural light, it helps your body's internal alarm clock. It helps you to regulate your metabolism. Natural light is our fundamental source of vitamin D, and vitamin D is the key ingredient in strong bone development. There are many, many benefits of God-given light to our physical bodies, but the greatest benefit is the benefit to our souls as we stand here tonight. One commentary that I read said that when Jesus says, "Ye are the light of the world, that phrase, light of the world, it means that we are not only light receivers, but we're also light givers. Sometimes when we come to church, I'm guilty of it, and maybe I'm the only one, I'm just preaching to myself, but we come into the house of God, 
and we've got problems and we've got difficulties and we've got all this stuff and we've got all this stuff in the back uh, in the back of our mind and and we've got bills that are due and, and we've got uh, things to do at work the next day and 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 we've got things planned for the weekend and and we come to church and and you know what God if I can just feel you just a little bit and 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 just pour pour your anointing out on me God and pour your spirit out on me but Jesus said you are the light of the world amen amen the light that is God will save us it will God will save you but the ultimate goal is not that you just come to church I mean, we have a great church. It's easy to do that. It's easy to, it's easy to just come to church when we have services like we had on Sunday night and when, when we have a pastor and a bishop that preach the way they do and when we have a choir that sings the way that they do. It's easy to come to church and just enjoy, right? But we are ambassadors for Christ. We're a city that's set on a hill and it cannot be hid. There's a duty and there's a responsibility when you're the light of the world. You know, it's interesting because Jesus never challenged us he never challenged us to become salt or light. He just said that you are. What does that mean? That means that you either fulfill or that you fail that responsibility. God didn't give you the option. When you come into the fold and when you come into the family, when you experience the benefits of the light, there's still a responsibility that is put on you that you have to go out and you have to reach. Light and salt are meant to be distinct. This is going to sound obvious, but salt has to be salt. And light has to be light. If light, uh, it, it loses the properties that make it light, it's just darkness. And if salt loses the properties uh, that make it salt, then it's, it's good for nothing. That's what he said. He actually said it's good for something, and that is to be cast out, to be trodden down under the foot of men. And so we cannot lose what makes us being the church. Amen. We have to stay the light. Amen. We can never affect the world for Jesus by becoming like the world. I'm not pastor, but that's why we have standards. That's why there's some demarcations, because I want the world to know about Jesus. And I have to be different from them. I can't act just like them. I mean, I wonder if we can make an appointment with the altar tonight, and we can say, God, I want to be what you have called me to be. I want to be the light that you have called me to be. I want to be the salt, God, that you have called me to be, Jesus. God, I want to be a light to my city, Jesus. I want to be a light to my community. I want to be a light, God, to my friends. I want to be a light to those that are at my work, Jesus, those that are on the job. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes Oh, that's right. Somebody take on that responsibility. There's somebody in your life that is needing you to be the light. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. I accept that responsibility, God, because you've been so good to me, Jesus. Our God is greater. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, you are worthy, God, you are worthy.
said that the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Amen. God is looking for a church that says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Amen. That has saved me. Amen. Amen. This world needs it, church. I I don't know if it's just, it's, I've, I'm thinking of some situations in my mind. Uh, when you deal with uh, some of the people from the community uh, with T-Rockets, just some crazy stories. And, and you think it's, maybe that's just not, you know, they just don't have food at home. or And that is the case. Um, I don't want to tell too much, but I've, I've heard a story of, of this uh, young man. And he was telling me uh, that he was sitting at a birthday party. Um, I'll say he's under 18. That keeps it big enough. And he was telling me that he was sitting at a birthday party and he was talking with an individual. He said that person got up, walked across the, across the street, walked into another house, and that individual, uh, they were shanked, I think, three or four times. There's blood everywhere. People are screaming. And he's telling this to me on the way to youth service. And, and sometimes we just forget that this world has just lost its mind. He's telling me he had somebody come up to him and was screaming all kinds of curse words. They were talking about his ethnicity. It's because of, of you guys and all this stuff. And he had a gun shoved in his face. He's under 18. He's telling that to me while I was taking him to Sunday school. This world that we live in, it needs, it needs the gospel. Amen. I know that there's agendas. I know there's things that try and, and push it down. But this gospel works. Amen. It has saving power in it. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen, amen. Amen. Thank you for being sensitive. Thank you for coming to the front. Let's find somebody. Uh, let's shake about five people's hands, and let's be a light to the world this week. In Jesus' name, you're dismissed.